The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everybody, it's uh, Rob Benedict. And I, well I'm the man who does the podcast with Rob Benedict, and I go by the name assigned to me at birth, and that is Richard Spade Jr. That's right, and we're talking about season three, episode two, The Kids Are All Right. Yeah, no, they're better than all right, Rob. They're really, really, really good. Actually, they're really, really, really creepy. Yeah, sure as she, Boeing in Wisconsin They're actually are. not all right. They're not all right at all. No, they're all weird. Hey, before we get into this summary, remember to follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple. Right, and man. And follow it on Twitter. And follow it on Instagram at SPN Then and Now. It's a bummer we don't have a Patreon. We should get one of those. We do. What? We've got a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Well, are we putting join up clips up. of the show? Yeah, join up. You can be a member of our fan club. Oh, my Consider gosh. Consider it like that way. Okay, I'll do it. By the way, we were, we were looking at the data, data, data. I say tomato, on Apple, and most of you aren't listening to the very end. All of our bloopers are at the end of the show, after the credits, and some say, and when I mean some, I mean me and Rich, say it's the best part of the podcast. That's a very Trump it's, thing to say. You know, people are saying you know, the everyone's closing saying, credits. Everyone's saying the closing everyone's credits. Everyone's saying. Thing. I like the fact that you're looking at the data on Apple, you nerd. I bet it's, people are saying it's better than Lincoln's. Better than Washington. By Washington's bloopers. But yeah, it's uh, it's super fun. Uh, you could see all of our mess ups. It's at the very end, end, end of the show. So listen all the way to the Basically, end. it's all innuendo and me laughing. That's right. <laughs> and a couple of F-bombs. Yes. All right. Let's get into it. Yep. The kids are all right. The brothers hear about a grizzly death in Cicero. Oh, no. A grizzly bear? Was it a grizzly bear? We don't know yet. So a grizzly bear died in Cicero, Indiana. That's right. In the end. <laughs> Where a man died by falling on a power saw. Which is impossible. Ah. Ugh, it's the worst. So However, Dean has an ulterior motive. An old flame of his, Lisa Braden, lives there. And since he's a horn dog on a mission, he wants to go. She once gave him, he says, the, quote, bendiest weekend of his life over eight years ago. I got to tell you something. Dean needs to keep it in his denims. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's keep, just on the loose. Keep it in your Levi's, son. Oh, man. Just a horn dog. There's so much jealousy when you say that. Like, I say it like a guy, it's a cautionary tale, and Dean's making bad decisions, and you're like, man, what I wouldn't give. I mean, I can just hear it in your voice. <laughs> That's true. Guilty. <laughs> Dean drops Sam off at the motel and heads to Lisa's house to possibly reconnect. When he arrives, Lisa's having a birthday party for her eight-year-old son. Okay, how creepy is it that, hey, we had, we, we had a crazy sexual night eight years ago. Without warning, I'm here. We doing this? This also creepy. And then, hey, there's a birthday party for a kid here. I'm staying. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I'll stick around. So she's having a birthday party for her eight-year-old son, Ben, and Dean does the math, and he's suspicious if Ben might be his actual son, especially after observing some striking similarities to himself. He likes HCDC, cars, and playing with, quote, chicks. Two women admire Dean from a distance. So in other words, young Dean is also cancelable. <laughs> For several reasons. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, and also, uh, you got to love how they dress that kid, just like oh, man. Dean. 
It's great. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Lisa talks to another mom about how her daughter, Katie, just doesn't seem right. Dean shows up after the mom leaves and tries to ask if he is Ben's father. Lisa denies it, and they watch Katie and her mom awkwardly interact in the yard. Right. Meanwhile, Sam sits in a diner. When the mysterious woman who helped them battle the seven deadly sins suddenly shows up, she knows a lot about who Sam is, such as his abilities and surviving the showdown with the other people with special powers. She tells him to look into all the deaths of Mary's friends. Mary meaning Mary Winchester. His mom, yeah. Finally, yeah, finally she tells them there is a job in town before she leaves. Suddenly Dean calls. There have been a number of strange deaths in the suburban neighborhood, so she's right. There is a job. Sam investigates the scene where the man died from falling on the power saw. He notices red markings by the window. A little girl is giving him an eerie stare through the window, and the mom has a strange bite mark on the back of her neck. At the park, Dean helps Ben confront a bully. This upsets Lisa, but earns Dean the trust of Ben. Creepy kids stare at Dean as Ben and Lisa leave. Wait a minute. So when Sam goes to the house where the guy died mm-hmm. in the power saw, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be the same? Is that not the, is that not the main woman we watched the whole time? And her little creepy girl that wants ice cream all the time. Um, well, first of all, they're divorced, right? So that was a that was his house it was different. Oh, right. right, right. And so he's remarried. I guess so. With a different yeah. daughter. I'm now now uh, I'm confused. I'm confused, but I know that they're divorced because at the beginning he he drops her right, off. Right, right, right. No, like, he's I divorced. I don't want to stay at daddy's. But, but uh, there's another little girl. So did he? Was he fooling around on his wife and had another kid at the exact same time? Because that little girl. Or was, was that the same a different? Age. There was. I think that was it. No, that was a different thing. That's a different family, he, right? Yeah. Sam goes to investigate the scene where something else happened. Like someone fell off a ladder and that's died. what it someone was. Else died. It's, it's, it, he was changing a light bulb and. Yeah. And he's changing a light bulb inside the house and gets flung out the window or something weird like that. Yeah. And then they, he sees blood on the house. Yeah. It turns out it's not blood. Right, right, right. That's what it is. Okay. Thanks. I'm glad we figured that out. Katie's still creeping her mom out to the point where the mom is locked in the bathroom and Katie is rattling the door. Violently, I might add. Not your normal kid uh, rattling of a door. Right. It's terrifying. Earlier, the mom caught Katie's reflection and saw her with matted, wet skin and distorted features. The mom tells Katie she's going to take her for ice cream, but instead straps her down to the car and pushes the car into a lake. She returns home upset, and guess what? Katie's sitting at the counter. That's a horrific sequence, by the way. Horrific. Horrific. Dean meets Sam back at the motel. Sam believes he's figured it out. A changeling has infested the town, killing the fathers and feeding on the mothers. Dean insists they go check on Ben, but by the time they get there, he's already a creepy kid. Sam sees the same red marks and realizes it's one of the houses still under construction. The brothers find the house. All the children are being, well, how he discovers is the red marks are dirt, the red dirt from the house under construction. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. It's not blood. It's 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 dirt. I thought it was blood. I think it's red dirt. Okay. So we realize when one of the houses is under construction, so the brothers find the house, all the children are being held captive inside, and Sam and Dean fight the changeling, burn it with a makeshift flamethrower, killing it. Sam returns Ben to Lisa. He explains the changelings and his job. She reminds Dean that Ben isn't his son, but she tells Ben wouldn't be alive it was if it wasn't for Dean. Back at the motel room, Sam is again speaking with, with the mystery woman. Sam says that everyone who has known Mary seems to have been wiped off the face of the earth. She reveals that she is a demon, but she wants to help Sam figure it out 
and also helps save Dean. Why? Intriguing uh, ending to that one. Yeah, episode. very. And I see a light. I see a light that says maybe Sam, maybe Dean doesn't die at the end of this season. You don't think? Maybe there's a world. Now go with me, but maybe there's a world where Dean makes it all the way through season 15. You think? Or at least halfway. I don't think so, buddy. I think that's wishful thinking, but uh, you know, okay. Well, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Creepy kid through the roof, all the creepy kids in this episode. Thoughts, Richard Spate? I got to be honest with you. I loved this episode. I thought the creepy factor with the kids was unbelievable. I thought the drama, you know, the fact that moms were freaked out by their own kids. The actresses were playing such great, intense turmoil with that. The opening teaser scene was as gross and as grisly as I've ever seen. Oh, really? It's super gross. And I, I, I just thought that the main little girl was awesome. The main little girl's mom was awesome. And yeah. the, her having to put the kid in the car and roll it into the water was brutal to watch. And the actress did such a good job. And the effect on the little kids when you figured out what they were, and they you got a flash of them with that round suck face mouth with all the fangs. I just thought it was really one of the scarier, legitimately scarier episodes I've ever seen. I thought it was great. And the, you know, like I think you mentioned, we've done a creepy kid count occasionally. Well, we just blew that yeah. number out of the water. Every every yeah. kid in this thing is a creepy kid. Yeah. No, it's 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 really great, and the the acting is really great. The moms are both well. All the, I mean, all the guesters are great. I mean, Katie Cassidy's great, um, and Cindy is is great. And then the, the the mom of the of the disturbed little girl is terrific. Right. She spends the whole episode in in pain and uh, anguish. And uh, it really also funny stuff, funny stuff with Dean and the kid. It's great. So I'm I'm giving this. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in with my official review, Robbie. You can put this in uh, okay. the uh, in the archives wow. and you type All it right. in ink because this is for real. This is sticking. Okay. I'm giving this episode a full soldier boy beard. Soldier boy oh. coming out of the the cryogenic chamber. The crazy wow. beard that Jensen Eccles really grew for the show, The Boys, as Soldier Boy. I'm going full Soldier Boy uh, for this So episode. you're doing it's Jensen Eccles' actual beard from the beginning of his turn on the show, The Boys, as Soldier Boy. Correct. Coming out of the chamber, ready to be freed wow. and unleashed on planet Earth as we know it, Soldier Boy and that crazy-ass beard of his. So I'm going full beard. Wow. Soldier Boy beard. I really enjoyed the episode a lot, too. I thought it was really creepy. And uh, honestly, it's one of those episodes where I was honestly into it, kind of lost in it, you know, oh, yeah. for 45 minutes. And so I'm going to give it the Jensen Ackles beard that he always has at the end of the summer before he starts shooting. When we were on Supernatural, the boys would stop shaving and they'd grow a beard out uh, in the summer. So right before we start shooting, he'd come. Now, when Jensen Ackles grow, when normal people grow a beard, when when Richard Spade grows a beard yeah. and he doesn't shave, it's a bit ratty, right? right. You gotta oh, you fair. gotta get in there with a with a shaver and really clean it up. Jensen Ackles just has the ability to grow the perfect beard. It trims itself and it smells like heaven. Well, I haven't been close enough to get a whiff. But hey, what about uh, now? What is Jared? Does Jared end up growing a big beard for the? Off season, I'm trying to remember. It, he, it, but a gen, a Jared too grows a, a great uh, facial hair, but his doesn't get as long. His his winds up looking sort of like you know a, a really cool, ne- nice and neat uh, sort of just uh, you know unshaven. Look. He must be secretly trimming, is what we're saying. Uh, either that, or he can control it with his mind. What, one of those choices but, is obvious, and yeah. the other one is he's shaving. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. So, wow, Jensen got a lot of a lot of a lot of Ackles uh, props in this review. Hey, next time we give a review, let's do it uh, based on uh, Jared's haircuts. 
That's what we could do. Too many choices. You know I mean? <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, which basically, you know, to, to simplify this whole thing, I think you just got two full beards, right? I mean, the, is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. Two full beards. Yeah, we really different analogies here, it. but definitely two full yeah. beards from the review. Yeah. All right. You know what's funny? When we first started doing the beards, we both had full beards. But now you've got a healthy mustache. Thank you. And I don't have anything. No, you got nothing. Bald as a cue ball. That's how long we've been doing this. Yeah. We just not even, we don't even look the same anymore. We've grown up, Rich. Changed. All right, that was awesome. Now, Robbie, it's a shame no interview for this episode, so let's go ahead and sign off and say goodbye to everybody. Thank not true. Goodbye. Not true. We've got director Phil Sagrisha. What? In fact, here it is right now. We're so delighted to have back with us Phil Sagrisha, who directed 45 episodes of Supernatural. You can see his most recent work on The Boys, as well as the upcoming show Gen V, The Boys spinoff. But right now, we're here to talk about another classic Sagrisha episode, season three, episode two, The Kids Are All Right. Phil Sagrisha, how I'm are you, buddy? good. Thanks for having me back, guys. It's always fun. Yeah, let's just get right into the fact that this is a creepy-ass episode <laughs> yeah. of television. Man, I mean, you know, when we it started, is really, as I yeah. got my own children running around the house while I'm watching it, I'm like, man, I hope this, I hope they're all my children. And then I haven't been raised. Daddy. Changelings. Daddy, play with uh, me. Daddy, I love oh you, Daddy. God, it's so creepy. Well, yeah, uh, we used to do a creepy kid count for this episode. When we started doing this podcast. This is it, just it's like off the, off the charts. charts. So over, I have a question. Right? Just out of the out of the gate, I want to talk to you about that because this show relies on you having good creepy kids. Yeah, you know, especially the little girl. But like, how yeah. was the casting process for that? Because it's not just her. Obviously, she's the big one. But you have little Dean has to be good at it. You have like neighborhood kids who are kind of standing around being good at it. Like, how did that go about? A finding them, and B then how do you direct that? Well, I mean, Heike is our casting director, and you know she always brought an A game. You know, and there was a a small group of small people, you know, that were actually very talented. I had the the good fortune to be in the rotation for this. Uh, Nicholas, who plays Ben, was wonderful. And, oh, uh, Margot, I think it was, was the little girl. You know, they just brought it to the to the table. It was uh, super easy in some ways. And you get so fortunate with casting that, if you get somebody that isn't going to help, then you've got your problems and you've got your work cut out for you. You know, but these two, especially, and the, and the other kids were good too. I mean, they didn't have any lines, but, uh, you know. It didn't matter. They were standing there. Yeah. They were creepy as hell. Like <laughs> Tur- Cindy Samson opens unison. the door and there's those three kids are standing there and are, you know, yeah. uh, I'm like, good Lord. I definitely feel like those kids have been to my house for play dates, by the way, just, just for the record. Uh, yeah. yep. um, but the main, the main little girl, is it Margot? Is that yeah. that actress's name? Margot, yeah. Okay. She's so good. And the woman who plays her mom is so good. Kathleen. Kathleen yeah. Monroe, yeah. yeah. She, Kathleen uh, Monroe, she's so good. I mean, again, you get if you get your casting right, your work as a director is simplified because you let them kind of run, not wild, but you let them do their thing. Kathleen was yeah. wonderful. I mean, she was so, it was so hard. I rewatched it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. She was in this kind of pain all the time, you know. Dude. The whole episode. I mean, her, her, the worst death, okay, at this point, it's episode one or episode two of season three. By far the most grisly death I've seen in any Supernatural episode. Yeah. By far. Death it's by the first song. one where I was like, no. Oh, no. And as soon as the saw turned on, like, Ugh. I'm like, that's uh, not going to go yeah. well. 
And then, you know, uh, you just picture Johnny Cash's older brother. But then, like, you immediately, <laughs> then when it goes on, I I'm dead serious. I turn it on. I'm, I'm watching it. That sequence happens. The guy ends up on the saw in the most grisly, gross oh, on his back ever. Oh. And I'm literally saying to myself, or out loud, I don't remember, what half animal, what monster directed this and would do this to me? Because this is <laughs> uncalled for. And of course, your name then pops up. Of course, like, of of course, course it's Phil. Of course. Um, that table saw scene was one of the most fun. That I got to say, the fun, the best part of it was the sound effects in the mix stage when the saw gets stuck. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. He <laughs> gets stuck oh, on, his, on his back and, and you know, his, uh, his rib cage or whatever. He's just yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I think um, uh, it was, you know, it's one of those things that you just go, this can't happen and it won't happen. And the guy's an idiot. And, you know, you're telling the guy the whole time, just walk out, just let it run, let it run, go into the kitchen. It'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no. So does, uh, did the prosthetics department come in and, and do help craft that yeah, vision? Yeah, the back part, you know, the one where they actually, you see the back hit the blade. Yeah. That was, yeah. you know, a thing and it had a, a ton of blood come in and then yeah. we, we built a prosthetic that would burst open on the guy's chest and he just, yeah. there. Oh, and God. then, you know, blood in the mouth and all that. But, uh, you know, it, a lot of it is sold in the sound effects. <laughs> Yeah, it's holding I mean, a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, 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 sure. Pretty, pretty horrible, though, I got to say. I got to say, I, yeah. I, take, I have a beef with the, with the police force of Cicero, Indiana, where they literally left that crime unsolved. Who ended up with their back on a table saw? Like, you know, wouldn't that immediately be, we need to lock down this town and figure out what's going on? Like, nope, I guess Dave just tripped. Yeah, but there, um, there was no uh, there was no footprints. There was no fingerprints. There was no, he just slipped on his back. I, I, just happened, Rich. It just happened. Your Honor, I object. Just go with I it, object. Rich. Um, I want to talk about Little Dean because I thought that was really funny. Creating a Little Dean was that fun to uh, to yeah. do? And was there anything that Jensen was like? Hey, you know, I think it'd be funny if he did. And this is something I do. No, it, he can do. It, or was that just all it scripted? Was more asking Nicholas to watch Jensen. So mm. just watch what he does and how he walks. And, mm -hmm. you know, we purposely dressed him in a very Dean looking outfit with yeah. mm -hmm. ears and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And the, um, <laughs> the eating the cake, looking at the mom and looking at, at the daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was more. We, we did a bunch more. I don't, and it just didn't make the cut. Yeah, oh, we really? Did other stuff. And it was, I forget what we, we just had a, a bunch of little runner things that were, like similar things, like the way he was talking to the little girl was like very expressive, like Dean would do. And so it was, yeah. it was quite fun yeah. to, to play that, you know, and Jensen plays it so yeah. right, you know, perfectly, especially when he's like starting to put the math together and he's like eight, eight years. This was eight years ago. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Uh, so know, years. And then yeah. when he goes in and asks her and he's like, no, I'm not asking. Is he, you know, it's, uh, also, when he turns when he starts to figure that figured out, and he turns and goes into the trash can, he's like clank. You know, he's suddenly not not smooth at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's been really funny this season so far. They really, I mean, he, Jensen can be such a funny. He really does comedy yep. well. Yep. Now let's let's go back to Kathleen Monroe. 
You talk about the state of drama. You watch that actress who did an amazing job, and you do think, poor actress, to now you have to be in a state of absolute disarray for the entire show. But that scene of her sending her daughter into the drink is awful. Even though you know, or you think you know, that the little girl's a monster because of the rearview mirror shot, which, by the way, is the only time in watching any of these episodes I've ever paused, gone in to find JC, interrupt her. I'm like, I need you to watch this because nothing creeps JC out more than creepy kids, right? <laughs> and like creepy baby dolls and stuff. And I'm like, check this out. And she watched it. And then, it, you know, that's that kid with the, in the mirror hole in the foul. Yeah. And she's me like, why, why did you do this to me? Why I can't unsee that. I'm like, I just want you to know what I'm doing for work. And it filled yes. it to me. So now he's yes. done it to you. I'm going to um, spread the love. But how do you sit? Like, what a tough scene. I guess I don't have a question. I'm just saying it's a tough scene to, for the mom to then. I want to know if you really sunk that car. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was real. And then did you have a chain on it and pull it out? In it. No. What? Um, up to a point she was. Um, there is a whole section of uh cables and track actually that got erased there you go i gave up a secret ah damn it we really did sink the car it was really she did all all that you saw that action is real it's just we had to be able to pull it back out but we did all the close-ups of the girl with the car actually sliding down the ramp not into the water all that because the fun part with those scenes is the slower you make it, the more hard it is to watch. I know. Oh, man. It's <laughs> awful. And, and the poor mom. Uh, for the listeners at home, Richard's uh, got his head cradles and cradled in his, in his it's hands. It's an awful sequence, man. I, you feel that that actress sold it because she was she was so torn apart. She knew she do was I kill doing the wrong girl. She knew she was doing the wrong thing, but she had to do it. Right. Yeah. Well, fat lot of good it did her. But yeah. yeah. Hey, and well, releasing the break, for, and the little kid she, wanted ice cream, and she, she sends the kid get, into the drink. She had to get her ice cream. Well, fortunately, she comes back home, and the kids oh, what a right relief. there. You know, the, and and the, the you can't help but think about like at that time in the news, moms were drowning their kids. I mean, there was a remember there was like a period of time where yeah. like a couple of big news stories where moms mm-hmm. were doing crazy crap like that. Yeah, and you're like, oh god, what a crazy situation. It was just brutal. And then how'd you do the shot? Was it an effects plate shot? Remember, like, we're on the girl, we're on the girl, and then the water comes over. Oh, yeah, like, that know. was, uh, that one we did with Ivan and the VFX gang. We we did it. We knew we were going to do one. We, you know, we couldn't actually, you know, have the young lady in the car with it going underwater. So we put a dummy in there for parts of it. But all the close-ups, we said, all right, let's go to this far and let it go. You know, and, and part of that was up on dry land. We just rolled the car because we were in so tight. We didn't have to actually do it by the, you know, the the into the river. So are you able to, when you do something like that, just from the physics of it, are you aimed, is the car aimed downhill to give that sort of feeling that it's going away from you? Or is that a camera angle? It was trick? a, it was actually a boat ramp that okay. she drove down. So the, the, it actually gave you the angle. And it right. was a it was a little boat yard in the river down south of town there, and I don't know, south of the airport somewhere. I think it was, but you know, it was it was already kind of built in, and it allowed for a nice slow drop into the water with the bubbles and all that coming up, and the the lights going, you know, the um, the red lights underwater and all that, because we wanted it to, to go all the way down and have her watch it. You know, so it's totally gone. But uh, Kathleen 
Yeah, it looks very real. The water like envelops it's, it. Uh, it worked out pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, overall. Just hold that thought. You can sense it calling out to you. New reality seeks you. Join the journey to save Anomaly. Place where sound is magic. The only way to enter the world is by looking inward. Along the way, you'll learn potions, chants, and enchantments that will help you both in that reality and yours. So, answer the call and let your campaign begin. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Dead Boy Detectives. There are ordeals ahead, yet with guidance, you will face them head on without fear. Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and Twelve Monkeys. When the time arrives, wherever your journey takes you, be there with no attachments. And R&B singer N.C. Gray. There are worlds, realms, dimensions, and realities beyond yours. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land vanquished by a dragon, but all connected by a shared mythology. The goal of guided fantasy role-playing meditations are to help you cultivate a sense of wonder, curiosity, balance, and joy in your inner world. Role-playing meditation is a form of escapism and relaxation, as well as a creative outlet for the imagination. The first campaign is an introduction to the world of Anomaly, its lands, magic, and secrets. In the eight chapters, you'll stretch your imagination, learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, relieve stress, and stop racing thoughts. Your true self will emerge, allowing you to manage your goals and dreams without confusion, distrust, or self-doubt. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit seekanomaly.com to learn more. Anomaly spelled with an I-E, not a Y. Seek Anomaly. Hear its magic. We're coming right back. Thank you for supporting Supernatural then and now. And now, back to the show. You bring Lisa back a few times in future episodes. Was that always the plan? I don't know. I don't think it's ever the plan on these one-off kind of episodes. Uh, but, you know, it was one of those things that she was such a hoot to work with. And so she was such a pro and so cool. I loved working with her. And she was game for most anything. So, I mean, it was, um, there's a little secret at the end there when they uh, when they kiss. That wasn't scripted. Which thing? At the very, very end when Dean, she says goodbye to Dean. She walks up to him and kisses him. Yeah, that wasn't in the script. I asked her beforehand, and we did it. We did Jensen's coverage first. I said, I "No said, way!" Up and kiss him. She goes, "Hell yes!" And I said, "Okay." I didn't tell Jensen it was going to happen. I just had her go up, and on his side, we shot that first, so we had his reaction in real time. 
you know, I, I, I oh, like, doing, I like awesome. doing that to you guys, you actor guys, you know, give you something that you don't expect. And uh, well, all that's all the episodes we've shot together. You never did that well, for me. You never kiss Jensen. Although in, in Phil's <laughs> defense, so one, what, there was one convention where he said, go on stage and kiss Rob. I remember, I remember him trying to, like, he's, you know, he's a bit of a matchmaker, that Phil. Well, we, He's a matchmaker, yeah. Rich, we did the thing with you and Ruth where you were looking at each other and, and yes. you started doing the Had, having thoughts. The thoughts. Yes. That yeah. was so funny. That wasn't scripted, you know. Not at all. In fact, not even not only was it not scripted, you barely gave us a heads up because I guess yeah. you wanted it like well, really off the cuff. It's part of the fun is to play on the tight on a tightrope a little bit, isn't it? You know, we, and I think you I think you ended up using a fair amount of that stuff yeah, too. We did. We did. But the kiss for Cindy was uh a total like let's see what happens and jensen after he stayed right in he stayed right with it and then at the very end after kai goes so i guess we're using that take so yeah <laughs> that's awesome in, that kiss wasn't uh wasn't planned wasn't scripted and so you'd never have a reverse a on him after that yeah we do i thought you said you'd already so shot his coverage when she, she comes up and kisses him and then we cut to his side for the back of it that's his initial that's his reaction that's his they did that did first that shot first and then we did her side um here's a, a question in your head how do changelings work does the does the mother clone the children she captures yeah, the, the a, sort of the yeah, evil the mother evil, the 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 woman that was the real estate person yeah. um she is like the queen bee i guess and right. um yeah Basically, she goes in and gets the kid, steals the kid, creates the changeling to send back so mom doesn't. Uh, and then the changelings feed off of the moms until they're no longer needed. Wow. Uh, some, yeah. You know, wow. so far, this was all a fairly new, I don't know, hive. I don't know what you call them. But, you know, the, you yeah. know, the uh, gander. Yeah. yeah. Maybe gaggle. Flock. flock. Pod. We can go on. <laughs> Um, but you know, we found it very fortuitous that, um, the construction that was going on in that neighborhood is actually the real, con was some of the real construction that we got to go in. And then we built part of that, uh, for the fight scene with the kids in the basement with the cages. And yeah. And I, you know, having watched a lot of your work, I noticed a lot of Phil, Philisms in the fight sequence where you would triple cut punches and things like that. Like, that was uh, partly Tom McQuaid, our editor, Tom McQuaid. He, he would flip flop stuff and double punch and just to make it. I love it. Yeah. It's fun. It's, Ex explain to the, to the audience what that means, triple well, cut a punch. Um, if you're punching across the frame and you hit somebody once, you just double, add another closer shot of the same punch as it comes through again so it's almost like you're getting punched twice oh it's wow a little what we call hyper cutting a little um you take out the backswing right so you only have this the uh -huh. fist coming forward then you cut to the next shot and the fist is coming forward again so it hype it heightens the i guess the violence the violence in it, in it. and and the, and the rapidity of it like it's yeah. like bam bam you just feel like it's an onslaught right. yeah you Wow, it's a it's a series of jump cuts, is what it is. So nothing uh, continuity wise matches. It's just a, it's going in for the exclamation points of the uh, fight instead of the dance right. of it. As far as I'm concerned, that's a pure philism because interesting. It, a lot of that was Tom. He did uh, great work for us. You talked a lot about that when I was shadowing you, like about like how how to make you know how to shoot impact shots, like get the momentum before and after. 
and then three in a row, like boom, bam, bam, have yeah. them do it multiple times for that very reason, right? You know, yeah. the yeah. option. It's all about momentum. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, so we 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 get a little more of Ruby, the woman stalking. Do we Sam know her name is Ruby at this time of the show? We don't, right? No, we don't. At, I, I don't think point, so. We don't. And this yeah. was, I think, Katie's second show. Yeah. Now, do you know was she mapped out for season I think, three? I think a little bit. I think there was a little bit. Um, this was also the writer strike year, so it kind of I don't know if it fell apart or if they, you know, we only did sixteen uh, episodes instead of twenty-two, so the stories right. all got right. compressed a bit. I think we tended to get more into uh, a few, a few more of the standalone kind of things. Whereas the boys mm -hmm. are being chased by the FBI still. There was that kind of thing happening. We did that with Justin Bellow. And then you had other stuff like the Ghostfacers episode that was kind of a standalone thing. But I think, I think with right. Katie, it was kind of like they had some sort of plan with her to get her, you know, in multiple episodes. She wasn't going away. And I think that sets right. it up. That sets it up at the end of this episode, you know. That's, right. Yeah, no, it's really interesting, and I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I literally don't um, know what's going to happen Dean's, here. Dean's on a year, you know, he's got a year to live. He's got a year to live. I know, no, we know the, right. the series ends after season, season three. To kill him. Yeah, you know, this probably won't, this won't be the first time we bring this up, but we you mentioned the writer's strike. During the filming of this season, the writers went on strike, and so it's a truncated season. Um, at that time, I mean, I remember the writer's strike very well because uh, everything shut down. Did you know, did you feel it coming? Were you aware this was going to be a short well, season? I mean, you know, strikes happen. It's not good for anybody. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the strikes, when they do happen, if they go out for so a certain amount of time, you'll never make back the money you're losing. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I, you know, I mean, I'm in two guilds myself, um, so I understand it, but I never see it as the the way to go because we you're going to have to talk to the other side at some point anyway you know in order to mm -hmm. come back to work you have to agree to something so it's right. a matter of how much you know muscle you have or how much gumption that's a word gumption mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know so but in my in my head we knew there was uh and i'm not in the writer's room that much uh i get kicked out a lot um <laughs> a uh you know, but as I recall, I think there was kind of apprehension, you know, that this might happen. But this was early on. We did go, you know, later. I know Ben Edlin had the Ghostfacers episode ready to go, but then they went out on strike. And so that got pushed to the, after the strike. Oh, I see. So the strike happened in the middle of filming yeah. uh, and then you came back and, and finished. Episode whatever Justin Bellow that Sarah Gamble wrote. And it was uh, supposed to be a bottle show where they're all stuck in a police station. I think it was Colorado. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, but a bunch of demons surround it and and it becomes the they have to defend themselves within the, uh, the confines of a jail. Um, so that was the last one we shot. And then we took off for a, a beat. And then when we came back, the Ghostfacers won and I volunteered myself into that one. Uh, and that was the first one we shot after the writer's strike. Interesting. Okay. I For some reason, I thought that the the series just stopped and then the writer's strike happened. That was the end of season no, three. No, no. We, we came back okay. and we did, I think, whatever. I'd have to look at which number uh, the right. Justin Bella was. But that's that's the one where we uh -huh. finished. When, and then the strike happened. And then when we came back, the Ghostfacers 
came back because I did basically I, I did two in a row if, with, right, within the season, right. which never. And how long was the writer strike? Like two At months? Least, seems like it happened over partly over the holidays and the new year because we came back. I think we shot mm. Ghost Facers after the new year, as I recall. Hmm. Yeah, I have one more. I got to circle back to one more thing in the show before uh, our time is up. When you were. Um, time never has to be up, Rich. Come on. Thank you, Phil. See it, Rob? We can go on forever. Um, the effect on the kids, like when, when mom sees the creepy kid in the rearview mirror with that brown yeah. fanged face, does that make up? Um, no, that was all visual effects. We really, we, wow. talked about, we talked about, well, because part of their face changes and then they get that weird mouth with all the teeth because right. we, we needed yeah. to match the kind of the suction cup mark on the back of mom's necks. There was right. yeah. mom's Kathleen's and the other young lady we saw as the, the mom that, uh, Jared mm-hmm. goes and sees as the insurance adjuster. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we tried to find that and and we, you know, and again in Kripke's land, it's uh only show it if it's if it's good. And so we never quite stayed with anything too long. It was always that's made it creepier, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's let let, let your imagination run with it. So we just kept it, you know, short and sweet or ugly as we well that was an amazing effect. I mean, like even the a little girl moving towards mommy and, and her face morphing into yeah. that. Uh, sucker face was scary, but the most horrific version was, you know, the reflection of Ben in the, in the mirror, or sorry, in the tabletop, and then little girl in the mirror, like just horrific. And then the real estate agent in the glass, like just a horrific effect. Just it's unsuitable for television. That I, let this interview serve as an official <laughs> so, complaint. So this is saying, not okay. Are you saying that you sleep with uh, your eyes open now in case your kids? I will now, Phil. <laughs> hey, Dad. What? I have a question. Why? Get out. Go get away. away. The, get away from the mirror. Get away from yeah. the mirror. Uh, well, it's an inter- interesting thing because it wasn't like they were like, you know, where are you going, Dad? It was that that, that it was blanketed in I love you. It was it was yeah. like like super needy child was That's what it was. That's the only way I know I mean? that it's not happening to my house because my kids are not <laughs> pretending to give a shit right now. Um, nobody's saying, Dad, I, I want to hang out. Dad, That's you, not got, a, Dad, you yeah. want 20 bucks? I need 20 bucks. That's exactly while yeah, while walking yeah. away. That's yeah. uh, Dad. I I have plans. When you do that, when I'll you do that later. scary episode, then it'll really hit home. Yeah, it's yeah. just a fantastic <laughs> episode, Phil. Everything you do on this show is, I mean, it you're so flipping good that it makes me want to quit the business. I love watching no, yourself. It's come so on. good. Come on, truly though, like because you like, never you're, you're the because you never throw man. it away. You're so good, and this you never throw it away. You put everything into every episode you do, every shot you do, every scene that goes on. And you're you can just tell. so clever. It's and, great. And it's, you know, this episode, this season starts with Kim Anderson and then you, and it's a powerful combo of, 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 of outstanding directing. So um, man, just great episode. You just raised the bar on creepy as hell kids. Well, good. Then my work is done. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> my, my work might not be done. No. Dude, thank you so much for coming and doing these things. You're such a great interview. Hey, really uh, any, anytime. I'm always uh, available unless I'm not. I was over at the, the Post Sound uh, doing ADR for Winchester's, and your son sent the hello, but he wasn't, I guess he wasn't there when I was there, but he's still he's uh, still loving it over there, right? Yeah, he's over in the sound department at Warner Brothers. He's, uh, a, uh, he's in the guild. He's uh, a recording engineer for like loop all the loop group stuff looping awesome yeah he's doing good so I'm happy that's great for him. man happy for him 
Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Put, I'm really glad you didn't put him in the sedan and let the emergency brake go, <laughs> thinking he was a, a, a changeling. He'd say, "Dad, get back in the car." <laughs> hey, this is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We are going to take a quick break. Hey guys, it's Rob. So check this out. I'm very pleased to announce that we have a new super sponsor. That's right, Marvel Strike Force. So Marvel, the one and only Marvel, has a mobile game, and it's a comic book fan's dream. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. So, okay, so your goal is to power up your favorite characters, and you complete missions, and then you unlock fun stuff like gear and other resources and then you beat other players in a pvp player versus player mode such as alliance war or real-time arena so as we as i record this they're enjoying their six-year anniversary so you know what that means free stuff free stuff just for signing up via the unique link in the description so the anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. So make sure you log in every day, each week. You take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code for every new user. So please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. All right. Thanks. Once again, to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, it's Jeffrey D. Morgan again. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say it before you that I actually thought that was a great interview. <laughs> well, I'm point counterpoint, Robert. I thought it was a train wreck. No, I, I always love having Phil because he's just a wealth of information. Super fun, super funny. Unbelievable grip on the details of something he shot 18 years ago. I mean, he literally, he's like, I'm like, the guy who walked across the street and said that one line, you, might, you mean Carlos? Yeah, he was uh, great. <laughs> like, yeah. He remembers everything. No, everybody. he remembers everything. 
And you know, what's great is like, I, I was up in Toronto working and, and Phil and I went out to dinner a few times and, and he tells these stories just when you're, you're hanging out with him. You know what I mean? You'll be like, tell the story. He's like, I, you know, I remember one time we did. It's great, great stories. Yeah. So we're looking forward to having him back to find out more because he, he directed a couple of great, great episodes for this season that, that I haven't seen yet. Right. Let's get into a, a, a section of the show that I'd like to call mythology. Mythology, mythology, mythology. Changelings. Changelings come from mostly European folklore. Typically, they are babies or small children switched out with fairies or demons. The human children are taken back to the fairy world to work or feed upon or to hell as a tithe. Wait a minute. Hold on. So uh, the human children are either taken back to the fairy world to work or to be fed upon or they're taken to hell as a tithe. There's lots of different choices there. I'll go with the, I'll do the work. I don't want to be a tithe in hell. I don't want to be fed upon. Hey, I, Satan, I owe you this little guy. You know, <laughs> let this hold you over until next time. Or I don't want to be fed upon. No, thank you. Hard pass. Bummer for the kids. How, Rich, now how would you, what, what would be a, a methods of defeating a changeling? Well, just off the cuff here, I have a couple of ideas. One, I would beat the false baby. <laughs> I beat the false baby. I'm sorry. We're just just, just checking my records here. Did you just say beat the false baby? I'd beat the false baby. Okay. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I'd beat the false baby. I'd beat the baby that wasn't a real baby. The kid that was pretending to be the kid that had been taken over by the the fairy, the demon. Beat the snot out of that little twit. Right. And then that would bring the fairies out to rescue it. Maybe the demons too. And then they would return... Maybe, if you're lucky, the human child to say, quit beating our fairy or demon baby. Take your own baby and beat your own baby. But What's the joke is on them that? because you don't actually beat your own baby. I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't really yeah, beat your you own beat baby. Face, you're pretending to be a guy who beats babies. And you beat up their right. baby, who's a, who's a synth baby, a, a pseudo baby. And In some communities, it's illegal to do that in public. What? <laughs> what what quote-unquote land of laws are you referring to? Uh, but here's um, another idea I have. So I'm just spitballing okay. here. Okay. Um. You just threaten the violence uh, on the baby, like with, I don't know, you have a, an iron sitting around. Do you iron your clothes? Or anything made of iron, anything. Okay. You're going to knock okay. the, you're literally going to knock the skull off the baby. And then right. the demon, babe, the demons or the fairies show up and go, whoa, 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 whoa. You're unhinged, bro. We're taking okay. our false baby out of here and give you back your own baby right. that you can beat senseless. And then you go, ha ha, I'm not going to beat my own baby. That was a ruse. And you fell for it, fairies or demons. If the aggression's a little much, if you don't like where I'm going to that, here's a softer approach. Get the baby to tell you its real name by scaring it. You know, it's raw, it's waddling around the corner and you go, Boo, tell me your real name, baby. I don't, I don't understand. I don't either. You're like, Boo, Boo. And he's like, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, Aha, I knew you weren't my son, Chuck. So you get it to reveal I, its Chuck. name or age by startling it. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, 13. I mean, they, they, well, you know, every time you startle me, I'm like, Richard Jr. Oh, hey, hey Rob. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. Anyway, I got a lot. Of- also, if you, if, you, if you don't want to be like rude to a lady, but you want to see how old she is, you could just go boo and maybe she'd be like, 37. She'll shout out her age? That is not even. Yeah, it says. Oh, it does say it might reveal its name or age by startling it. Why does his age help us? Oh, you can go, aha, you're not three. You're actually 19. (laughs) Right. You lying fairy demon baby. Yeah. But at that point, once the the 
I know I appreciate the least aggressive approach here, but once you now know the changeling's name and real age, that doesn't give you your baby back. Now you just go, well, now I've got a baby that looks like my baby, but my baby, this baby's actually 27 and named Enrique. So what do I do with this? Baby back, baby back, baby back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right. Well, it's time. Now that's over, and it's time for. <laughs> Those were pretty fun, fun, but we're going to get even more fun going on even here. More fun, more fun, fun facts. Fun facts, fun facts. <laughs> the title of the episode comes from an album and a song by The Who. I don't mind, but I got with my girl. He with my girl. That's right. And there's Rich covering the song by The Who. The kids are all right. When Sam is researching Mary's friends, he asks about Robert Campbell, who died on July 19th, 2001. July 19th is Jared Padalecki's birthday. What? Yeah, exactly. 2001 is the number of times Jared has tried to get us fired. Um, <laughs> yeah, but his birthday is July 19th. And I know you know that. And I also know that. So any fans who think we don't know our buddy's birthdays are liars. That's right. Ben... The name of Dean's speculated son in this episode is also the name of a character played by Jensen Ackles in season one of Dark Angel. Oh, what a quinky dink. Katie's Mm -hmm. mom is shown reading The Historian by Elizabeth Kostrova. This 2005 novel is a retelling of Dracula. Interesting. Er Dracul nos ferratu, which in Spanish means our Ferratu. <laughs> See, you learn a lot. It does. To this pod- podcast. It does. For, for um, our Espanol amigos. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, those were certainly fun facts. And this was certainly a great episode. A great episode of the podcast. Great episode of, of Supernatural. It's such a good um, episode. It's a creepy, yeah. creepy show. Well done, um, Phil Zagrisha, on creeping the daylights out of everybody. And great, great job by the cast. Uh, Kathleen Monroe, Cindy Sampson. Man, just... Great actress. Great actresses. A lot of them, they just crushed it. Yeah. All right. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Sam Winchester and Jensen Ackles as Dean Winchester. Guest stars include the fantastically uh, talented Cindy Sampson, the woman who knocked it out of the park, Kathleen Monroe, Nicholas Elia, and Katie Cassidy. The Kids Are All Right was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Phil Segresha. Editing by Tom McQuaid. Music by Jay Gruska. Executive produced by Eric Kripke and Robert Singer. The original broadcast of this episode featured the following songs. Nothing. You don't get nothing, people. Put a little more work Sorry. into it and we'll tell you what songs it featured. Otherwise, sit down and shut up. You had one You had one job. <laughs> you couldn't do it, people <laughs> listening. God, I get so tired of our listeners. This episode originally aired on October 11th, 2007. October 11th? Uh, that's the date where I broke both my arms years ago. I broke my arms on October 11th. Good to know. Yeah. Wish I would have known that at Fun Facts. Yeah. This episode of Supernatural Then and Now was hosted and executive produced by Richard Spade Jr. and Rob Bennett. Produced by Stephen Hine. Written by Stephen Hine and Haida Holscher. And edited and associate produced by Trey Booth. Music provided by Tim Wynn. This episode was recorded with the help of Sonic Fuels Studios. This podcast is from Story Mill Media. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, won't you? At SPN Then and Now. And become a member of the podcast at www.patreon.com slash SPN Then and Now. Well, are you ready to talk about uh, episode two, season three? Which one was that? Beat the False Baby? I'd beat the False Baby. Okay.
Um, obviously, that means masturbate. No, <laughs> what I mean is, <laughs> I think I lost Rob. I've got a gardener outside my window. What, gardening the sunset? I mean, there's what, what do you garden out of that image? Katie's mon, which is short for Monday, I assume. Monday. I think it's probably Katie's supposed Monday. to be mom. This episode of Supernatural features Jared Padalecki as Win. <laughs> wow. I'm so tired. As Win Sam Chester? <laughs> oh, man. Storybell Media. 